This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Rob is a podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Hyundai, makers of the 2022 Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs, where you can use electric when you want or gas when you need it. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. If you stay here and listen, your life will never because we're talking with T-Bird now And this T-Bird you cannot change Oh, this T-Bird you cannot change And things might get pretty strange Yeah! That's right. Talking with T-Bird is back once again. Season three, Talking with T-Bird. And I'm so happy to be back here with my great friend who has rounded up another great guest today. Please welcome in the star of Talking with T-Bird. It's Teresa T-Bird Cooper. (laughs) Good afternoon, Rob. The star, that's a stretch, but I don't know. I love it. It sounds great. How are you doing? Yes, I am doing fantastic. I'm very excited uh, for our guest today of coming to us uh, by way of Survivor Panama. We're going to be talking to, and I don't think we've talked to anybody who is uh, the first one out in any of these seasons, but we're going to be talking to a very uh, special lady. Uh, Her name is Tina Shear, Timber Tina, and I'm really looking forward to this one, T-Bird. Yes, I can't wait. She is fascinating. She, hey, Rob, she cuts, she chops, she saws, she carves, she log rolls, she axe throws, and she sings. Yes, a real Swiss army knife uh, joining us here today to talk about uh, her time (laughs) in Panama. And I think we're going to talk a lot more about uh, her uh, real life uh, as well here today on uh, Talking with T-Bird. So uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, Tina will be here with us in just a moment. T-Bird, 
I have to say, um, speaking of interviews, I happen to hear you on the kickoff of the Pod Friends uh, series, t- uh, season two, with Matt Scott this week. And I thought it was such a great interview of you being interviewed. Gosh. By your you birthday twin. Matt is, yeah, my, my Cinco de Mayo buddy. He, Matt is adorable. We, we connected. You, you heard what I had said. He, Ask a question on talking with T-Bird. Who would I like to interview? I couldn't think of anybody. And so I connected with him later, coming up with an answer. And we just kind of, we bonded from there. He is a fascinating kid. Well, you know, he's a kid to me. See, I thought you were going to say Lin-Manuel Miranda. I thought that that was your dream interview. (laughs) uh, That You'll have to listen to Pod Friends to find out who T-Bird's dream interview is. I think you'll be surprised by the answer. Yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda, that was, I thought that was your dream interview. For oh, this no, wait, show, here's yeah. Here's Larry David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's Larry David. Okay. Yes. Right. I, well, I thought that maybe it would have been Orville Reckenbacher. <laughs> no. <laughs> T-Bird, you no, made me sound like much. a monster who doesn't let you eat popcorn. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to listen to it. Yes. How, how could I not listen to it? Yeah. He had, he had he had popcorn. It was just fun. He was just you know, and we talked about a lot of it was it was great. I really yeah. enjoyed my time with him. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. So what, can I wait, me, can I can I say, can I say something? Hold on. Can I say something about the popcorn though? That uh yeah, I don't think yes. it's a good idea for people to eat on the podcast or at the Survivor reunion show. I don't think that that's what people are are here for. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people say, please uh, eat on the podcast. But T-Bird, do you remember what happened yeah. back in the early days when you would try to eat popcorn during the show? Okay, so hold on a minute. Yes, I do remember. And I got to tell you two things. But one thing is, I actually broke a tooth in Africa because we had we had yeah, popcorn the corn. kernels, oh, they gave oh, yeah. us popcorn something, whatever that was. I don't know it's popcorn. Not kucha corn. And I actually yeah. cracked a tooth, cracked a tooth out there. So you would think that my relationship with popcorn would not be going strong. Yet it still is. Did you say you don't think people should eat popcorn on the podcast or at the tribal? Are you talking about when they're having the pizza champagne parties at the final? I'm talking about, well, I was talking about both, but specifically in regards to you, T-Bird, do you remember this? That one of the very first times that you went for the popcorn on the podcast, you nearly choked to death. (laughs) And I I think we had, I had to cut it out of the podcast. I was like, oh my God, T-Bird, are you okay? Yeah, 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 you're right. Is this coming back to you? It is because Rob, you know, I've got a big thing of popcorn right beside me. Again, it's just kind of part of my. It's my talking with T Bird kit. Sure, it's just part of the kit. Sure, so um, I have it here. Yeah. So, Look. but Rob, let's talk about the pizza champagne party. Okay. Now, other than the pizza, I don't know about champagne with pizza. I think it could be okay. I'm more. I like you know maybe a glass of red wine or a beer with pizza. But considering it's the finale, I think champagne is fitting. You don't like when they're walking out there with pizza boxes. I love it. You do. I just think it's fun. It's casual, and you're you love the chaos. Right yeah, the game ends. Yeah, it's just I, I'll tell you. This only kind of sad thing about it is the first boots aren't part of that at all. And no. something about that doesn't feel right at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, at all. Yeah, something about that doesn't feel right. But that's you know not for me to say. Yeah, so. what are you going to do? Anyways, 
So happy Father's Day. Yes. What are you going to do this weekend? What are you doing with the family for Father's Day? Because you're a special dad. You know, I thank you very much. I appreciate that. I don't think we have any big plans uh, just yet. Uh, no podcasts. Uh, that's all. That's all I know. All right. And then I don't know if this is the time to mention it. I feel like it is. I'm sitting here right now yes. with my Braves hat on that I actually wore in Africa. Oh. It didn't bring me much luck in Africa because, you know, not enough luck. Yeah. However, right now, looks like your Mets are doing pretty good. Yes, yes. The Mets have been off to a hot start, but I know the Braves uh, themselves, as of recording time, have won 14 games in a row. Yes! Yeah. 14 in a row, so we're only four games behind you guys. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, and, and what an impressive, uh, you know, start the Mets were on that the Braves had to win 14 games in a row to get within four games of first place. Did you happen to see, uh, that our very own Survivor 42, uh, runner up got to spend some time with the manager of the Mets this week? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I did. And mm-hmm. guess who I was thinking about as soon as I saw Mike? It's H- Hoboken, Mike. Am I saying it right? Hoboken, Mike. I feel yeah. like I'm not Yes. Hoboken. Okay. I saw uh, – this is the honest truth because I told Glenn this. Because even Glenn pointed it out to me, you know, about Hoboken, Mike, being with the manager. Mike and Turner. I said, yeah. huh, this is – Not Turner this Field. This is interesting, honey. Be- right. Not Turner Field. I said, because now we've got a connection here. You know how Sandy wanted – Wanted um, Super Bowl tickets from Taj. Yes. Well, now you've got a connection, Rob. You could go, Rob. You could go to Hoboken Mike to get you some World Series tickets. Yeah, I don't know if I was um, thinking about all this. Yeah, I don't know. If, I maybe Mike has has poll to go uh, to the World Series, but uh, I don't know necessarily if he has a poll for uh, that many other people. But um, look, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay, I'm happy to sit and watch the the Mets at home. I don't know why Sandy needs to go to the Super Bowl every year. By the way, great interview with Taj uh, last time out. If you happen to be just jumping into this interview, be sure to check out our latest Talking with T-Bird uh, interview prior to this uh, with Taj George from Survivor Token Genes. Uh, another really good one. Yeah, lots of layers to Taj and lots and lots of layers as well to our guest, Timbertina. Yes. And, and you know what? Timbertina, first boot, she said, I have no regrets. She was just with the wrong girls. Absolutely. It just played out that way. She's going to be so fun to talk to today. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's get to Timbertina. Uh, but first, uh, let's go ahead and thank a sponsor for this episode of Robin's Podcast. Uh, this episode of Robin's Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Hyundai. Now, everything is better electrified. We know that on Survivor. Wasn't that great when we weren't electrified then? And Hyundai has the widest range of electrified vehicles on the market, including the first ever Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs. They're turbocharged charge engines have quiet rapid acceleration and you can use electric when you want it or gas when you need it you'll appreciate that right now it's your journey evolve it beyond the pump in the 2022 tucson or santa fe plug-in hybrid evs visit your nearest hyundai dealer or learn more at hyundaiusa.com call 562-314-4603 for complete details all right t-bird we've got timbertina on the line take it away Okay, there are those that shine, sparkle with the sound of their voice, their tireless energy, their seemingly never-have-a-care attitude. 
Today's guest is that person. The first moment you interact with her, you feel like you've been friends for years. That's just the way she makes you feel. The youngest of six children born into a logging sports family, she learned to log roll at seven years old in a small town in northern Wisconsin called Hayward, home of the Lumberjack World Championships. In her late teens, her and her brothers would begin a family exhibition, a lumberjack show consisting of log rolling, crosscut saw, speed climbing, and axe throwing. After 15 years of this, she bought 35 acres of land, a chainsaw, and started cutting trees. She had grown up in the woods with a strong work ethic, so it was no surprise when she decided to apply for Survivor. Approximately 17 years ago this month, our guest was on top of the world, her dream finally becoming a reality. And she would get to be a part of the greatest social experiment to ever appear on the big screen. She was cast for Survivor, Season 11, Guatemala. So her and her sidekick, her pride and joy, her partner in crime, the love of her life, her only child, Charlie, her 16-year-old son were working together to get her prepared to leave the country. But just days before she was to fly out, she would get a mother's worst imaginable news. Charlie died tragically in an accident. The devastation she felt was crippling. She thought, quote, I really completely want to die, end quote. That feeling came and went as she realized she still had a reason for being alive, a purpose. CBS let her know that she could come to any upcoming season of Survivor. So four and a half months later, she said, quote, put me on an island where nobody knows me and life will be so totally different that it might be better for me. Any distraction from my life will be welcome, end quote. She, we would see her on season 12, Survivor Panama. Vegas had odds for her to win. It wasn't a bad bet since her outdoor Survivor skills were stronger than most of her cast. But for the first time, the cast was divided into four tribes, four older women, four older men, four younger women, and four younger men. From day one, she realized she was different, and as the women on her tribe pointed out to Prost at her first and her last tribal council before being voted out, quote, she's a northerner and we're southerners, end quote. I introduce to you the spunky, positive, energetic, gregarious woman, the first woman in the world to have a lumberjack show featuring the lumberjills, chicks with axes, 27 years in the business, who says getting down and dirty can be the best part of life. Tina Shear from Survivor Panama, or as she is lovingly referred, Timber Tina. Yahoo! Yes, Tina. We're so Yahoo! happy you're here. Oh, thank you. I really am too. I appreciate you guys talking to me. Yes, uh, I had been really looking forward to this one, and um, I had he heard from a friend uh, that uh, you had uh, done a motivational talk, and uh, we're up for coming on the podcast. And I said, "Let's let's do this." Uh, I'm uh, really excited to talk to you because I think you have such a uh, memorable story that you know, uh, Survivor Panama, you know, wasn't yesterday, and I think that people are going to be very excited to hear from you. And I think you made such a big 
big impact on people that they remember you so well from uh, way back when the season was on. Yeah, it was been a while and I was only on such a short time, but it it was my story that was the most impactful, which for me, you know, is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I really thought it would be a cool time to go and in my heart. And maybe I'm wrong, but I seldom am, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) That it would have been so much better if it was two tribes of eight. Sure. I mean, because I have a strong back and I would have really pulled and pushed and dug and done everything in challenges. Well, you know, uh, we're here to talk about you, but I think that one of the really interesting parts of your story that we didn't really know at the time was that you got put into a cage with a cornered tiger. And that was Suri that we had no idea at the time. This woman who was just afraid of the leaves was going to go on (laughs) to be one of the greatest survivor players ever. And basically it was going to be you or her. And oh, there was only four people in that tribe, which is way too small to start. No. And I, I, my approach on survivor two is really the challenges, you know, and, um, I, I would, I couldn't win that challenge on my own. I mean, we got there. So we couldn't swim. Mm-hmm. And, they, I don't think they were really super paddlers. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been paddling a canoe all my life. And then I just couldn't win it on my own. And I knew people thought it was at the end of tribal council that I knew I was going, but it was before that, mm-hmm. which was unfortunate. But, um, you know, it was a great experience, but I wish I could have lasted longer and been on a regular format for a show. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? And Tina, I saw that, um, you were the only one that took your bags the night of that tribal council. So you pretty much had a pretty good idea when nobody else had their stuff. Yeah. I mean, they tell you everybody bring your bag and I'm the only one that did. Mm -hmm. So that was proof right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. T-Bird, you caught that yourself. You, you, uh, that was your astute observation. No, I had just read somewhere oh. that she that she had an idea she was going because she was the only one that had her her got backpack. It, got it, Nobody got else it. had carried anything. Yeah. Tina, I saw also that you just wished you'd been on the older men's tribe. I'm sorry, I meant the younger men's tribe. Whoa. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, can I just reset because just in case people uh don't remember exactly how that season started off. So they decided that they were going to do – it was a 16-person season. Uh, it's Survivor 12, and they decided to make the tribes – they divided them up into four groups of four of older men, younger men, older women, younger women. And that's what they wanted to do. And so you were in a group of four, uh, which they referred to as older women, which we call that later days now. Yeah. So Tina is making a a, a, a a muscle, showing a bicep right now. <laughs> I can outwork three 20-year-olds any day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for you sure. Know, it was really, you know, it's like, for me, it was like you get to the island. I myself felt like anybody that knows me, if I putzed around there like I didn't know how to build a shelter, 
or I didn't know how to look for, you know, food that I would be doing myself an, an injustice. So, of course, we built lead to shelters at home all the time when we were little kids. And every time I watch Survivor Robin Deeper, this is funny. When I see people using a machete and they're going up and down and up and down and up and down, I'm always like, go at a V angle. That's how you're supposed to chop. It goes quicker. And um, I had a, I had a pretty good pretty good shelter built pretty quickly. You know, you find two trees with crotches, stick one across, <laughs> lean them down, cover them with palm fronds. Yeah. And I actually we had we were up off the ground. Yeah. And afterwards, the producer said that we had the best shelter shelter built on the first on the first couple days. But that's what I do. And of course, I'm walking around and I see snails, and I'm like. Escargot. Mm-hmm. And I I found um oysters. I went, I can't if I'm gonna you're gonna put me on an island, I'm gonna go walking around. Like I don't care if I have to provide for everybody, but I'm gonna provide for myself, which in turn would be providing for everybody. But I didn't tell anyone about the oysters. Um, because they're expensive, man. So I was back there eating them on my own. <laughs> and like, you know, I knew when the tide went out that there would be pools and there could be fish there. So I just, I wanted to go around and look for fruit trees and fish and thinking that we'd be out there for a while and possibly would need food. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Now, can I ask about the way that the tribe decided to make you the person to be voted out? Did did it happen as it was portrayed in in the show? And I and I went back. I watched the show to uh, go go back before we uh, talk today. And that you are down on the beach and you're giving the confessional. That's okay. You're you're shaking your head no. Uh, so what? So what really happened? <clears throat> well, I mean, I I just kept going off looking for things and they didn't want to leave the camp. And I don't know if it was a Southern girl thing, but they all did have accents Mm -hmm. in a way they were all living in the South. And I just like, I can't, I can't just sit here. And, but I wasn't like, I'm going to go get the food. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't like that. I just wanted to explore, but I did invite them to go explore, but they didn't want to sit there or they didn't want to go. And the, Part about me sitting there, that was edited out of sync. Okay. It wasn't. I was not sitting around crying about Charlie. I did cry about Charlie when I was off on my own that time. And then I wrote his name in the sand. But I wasn't going to tell anyone until we got to like a merge point or that um, I felt closer. I just didn't want it to be part of my story. Now, ironically... This is kind of funny. Melinda and I had met before. We figured out when we were on the island. Oh, interesting. I announced for ESPN and the Steel Timber Sports Series for 15 years. And we went down to Dollywood and we were working there. We, you know, they're guys from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the US and filming for ESPN. And I was the lead announcer. So on this day, one of the lumberjacks from Australia had a birthday and they brought one of the singers from Dollywood out to sing birthday. And it was Melinda. How crazy is that? And then years later, we end up on the same Island on survivor. Small world. I think so. I think that is true. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, 
it it did it didn't go down the way that I I thought it was portrayed on TV. It was it was out of sync for sure. And it just it was so obvious. It was like it was like three and one. It was never. And if it had been me, man, I'd have said, I said, let's keep her around for at least. If two of them got together and said, let's keep her around. She's got us fire going all night long. I mean, as soon as there was, we wanted light. If we heard something, I had leaves there to throw on to get instant flame. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, you know, I sleep outside a lot. And so it's, um, it's easy for me to keep a fire going all the time, but it was, it was obvious pretty much from the start that it was three against one. So Tina, obviously then were they not thinking about what happens on day four when you're so you're, all your resources are gone because you're gone? I guess not. And I haven't asked them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you're, when you're voted off first, even when you go to the reunion, nobody knows you except for the people that you were with when you were on the non-jury trip. Those are the only people I got to know. You know, so you get to the finale. I, I don't even know those people. Yeah. Um, but we had, we had, you know, it was, I, I was hoping to go back again and play sometime. Mm-hmm. I'm still ready. Yeah. I might be 61, but I work outside all the time and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll around in the mud at any time. All right. Well, let's, let's circle back to that because I do want to talk to you about that. Um, going back to when you were out there and they felt like that you kept wandering off. I mean, who cared at that point in time? There was there was going to be the hidden immunity idol, but it was at Exile Island. It's not like because nowadays you keep wandering off and like, oh, she must be looking for right. the idol. But you, I mean, you were gathering stuff. You came back with that giant fish. Yes, and in in all truthfulness, on the fish, I was married at one time, and my husband was a fisherman. And when I saw that fish, I'm like, I got to get that fish because if I don't, all of my ex-husband's friends are going to go, no wonder he divorced her. She can't even catch a fish in a pond. <laughs> so I took, a, I took a rock and just smacked it on the head. But I would have kept going. I would have kept finding food all, all the time. Yes, I was not out looking for an idol. I yeah. was exploring an island that I was currently living on. That if you were stranded on an island, I would think you'd do the same thing. And Tina, you were a fan. You were a fan of the show. Were the other three girls that you know of, had they seen the show? Did they know that Survivor had a little bit of survival in it? <laughs> I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. But of course, it, it didn't seem that way to me. But seriously, when we landed on the island and... um now I, I'm going to make a confession that I never started a fire even with Flint. I mean, I can start a fire with one match and get it going. I mean, I start fire, I actually start fires almost every day at my property. And because um, I'm burning debris that from, I, mean, I got quite a bit of property that I have to maintain every day during the season when I have guests and company coming. I've been outside, so I have to. But when we got there, it was like, and we're all kind of wandering around like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I didn't want to be like, well, I know how to build a shelter. I can, you know, but I was like, oh, you know, we kind of talked about who would do what. It's like, well, how about two of us go for water and two of us, you know, start a start a fire. And that's when Suri went off with the map 
mm-hmm. looking for water and came back and they didn't find it. Yeah. I thought, oh, I mean, if you give me a map and there's an X from where I'm standing, I'm going that direction. I'm going to go zigzag, 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 zigzag until I find it. Mm-hmm. And when they came back and they didn't find it, I was like, uh-oh. So I just did what I told you I was going to do, zigzag, zigzag, and it was right there. But as we found out later, um, she was afraid of leaves. And that's when I said, I wonder what show she thought she was going yeah. on. Well, that was a good confessional, Tina. And that's why I really feel like that you, you know, not only did I feel like that, you know, you had a lot of the skills it took to really, uh, you know, uh, survive out, to, out in, in the show, but I just thought that you also uh, would have been a very memorable character on the show also. I thought you, that you were very good in your interviews. I, well, yeah, and I, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a bummer because I, I want, I wanted to be there and I wanted to push. I wanted to push for a team that we could all work together and um, try and win everything. But um, that didn't happen for me. And um, I don't know if you know, but I actually was asked back at one point and uh, got so far as to LA and got, got my shots, but then they, they went a different route on that season. So I'm still waiting for the um, 18, 16 or 18 of us yeah. who were the first boots who actually would go back. Um, so I had heard this story that uh, you, you had, you didn't say what season it was, but I, I am wondering T bird and tell me if you or think this as well. I, I think that you and T bird almost could have been up for the same season. What do you think, T-Bird? For second chances? Yeah. It sounded like, from what I heard, that you were going to be part of a fan vote, and then ultimately at the last minute that they cut you from the fan vote, which which T-Bird was in the vote, and then America, uh, that uh, I don't know what they were thinking, uh, they uh, decided to leave T-Bird out. It's crazy! Tina! Tina, oh my God. So was that the one, Second Chances? Was that yes. the one you were in on? Yeah. Oh my God. So we have that in common. Oh, Tina, okay. I have to ask you this. So I was on Survivor season three, and I know you're a fan, so you've watched all the seasons, and you know how great Rob was on his seasons, blah, blah, blah. But let me ask you that, this. Okay. Did, it has, has, has anybody through the years got you confused? This is a real question with Tina Wesson, the winner of Australia. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> what do they do? I thought so. And I'm like, I'm like, would I be mowing my own lawn if I'd won a million dollars? And they're like, oh, you won Survivor. I'm like, where's no, Colby? I'm just, just opposite of winning Survivor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the total opposite. In fairness, in fairness, uh, Tina Weston also uh, was the first person out in Survivor All Stars. Yeah. Well, I, if I was gonna, if I was gonna go on, I, I, yeah, well, that was all stars. You got, you vote out the winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which there they were, all the winners. <laughs> so Tina, I have, Tina, I have to tell you.
tell you this. So the reason I went by T-Bird on the show is because the first two days, they kept calling me Tina. They kept calling me Tina. And I thought, you know, Tina had just won. So I thought, I got to separate myself from this other soccer mom that just won. They kept calling me Tina. I said, just call me T-Bird, which, of course, was a nickname I had. But that's why I said, oh, just call me T-Bird. So I figured you had the same thing going on with you. With the Tina thing. Yeah, after, I mean, after, I still get it that I'm Tina, the one survivor. And I'm like, you're like did you did you win? I'm like, no. <laughs> Just the opposite. <laughs> but. Tina. Um, and, you know, it's funny, too, T-Bird, that my, some, my, two of my brothers call me T-Bird. They do? Wow. Yeah. I mean, most everybody calls me Timber. Seriously. I mean, I call businesses. In town, you know, like for something, I'm just like, hey, this is Timbertina. And they all, they, everybody knows me as Timbertina. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah, it's a great nickname. That is cool. Actually, when I first started doing Lumberjack shows that I was going to announce, I was in this old Camp Cook outfit. I wore this long skirt and these tragic boots and an old shirt. And I had an apron on like I was a Lumberjack Camp Cook. And I went so far as to embroider my stage name that I was going to be. And there was this um, late, uh, let's say a lady who would visit the logging camps to service the men. And her name was Jack Pine Rose. Okay. And I'm like, I'm going to be Jack Pine Rose because she was dead by this time. And um, my, my, my crew kept calling me Tina on stage. And I'm like, ugh. By the end of the first day, I went home back to the hotel. I took the scissors and I cut out Jack Pine Rose. And I'm like, I got to have something with a T in it so they can call me my name. And I said, Timber, Timber Tina, that's my name. And it stuck. Yeah. Can, you said you announce the um, the, the lumberjack ac- activities. Uh, can you just explain how that works and maybe even like uh, give us a sample of what that sounds like? Well, you mean what I sound like when I'm announcing? Yes. Yep. Oh, this is Timber Tina inviting you to the Great Bay Lumberjack Show. No, so the Steel Timber Sport Series is the biggest competition in our sport, sponsored by Steel Chainsaws. And when I was announcing it, everything took place in America. Everybody traveled here, and we would do four preliminary events. And then one grand final. And at each preliminary event, you had a day before that you had to qualify to even get in the preliminary. And so I was the onstage announcer. We do six events, underhand chopping, where you stand on top of a log and cut between your feet with a six-pound razor blade. And it literally is a six-pound razor blade. And then you stand on the stage, and there's another log, and it's like felling a tree then there's an event where you take go to a tree cut a pocket stick a board in stand on top of it cut another pocket another board and then you chop a log that's mounted up there there's three chopping events and three sawing events we have cross cut sawing where you take a big six foot long buck saw and you have to cut through the wood and then we have a steel stock saw where everybody has the same saw and you go by time the best operator and then we have the hot saw where they take one half of a snowmobile engine 
and turn it into a chainsaw. And it's a super fun event. And I would just talk about each competitor and where they were from and more about the tools, the techniques, perhaps a little bit about their family. And then as, as each competition was over, I'd, inter- you know, I'd interview them and talk about what happened or you know what didn't happen for them. Sometimes there's disqualifications. And um, it was great because the last event that they always had was a hot tub, which is really, uh, at times, the saw doesn't start or you throw a chain. And so, like, in our sport, it's not a ton of money, but they would give away a brand new pickup truck and, like, twenty or $30,000 cash to the guy who won. And right before the hot saw, they drive the truck out on stage. And it was like you could see grown men crying who couldn't get their chainsaw started. And they knew that the possibility of winning that truck that's right in front of them just came crashing to the ground. But it's a great sport, and I love being involved in it. All right, so Tina, what kind of saw, because you know the guys, and a lot, some of the women too are listening to this are going to want to know. Glenn has steel chainsaws. What is your best, what is your preference on a chainsaw since you're using them every day? Well, obviously steel. But the thing is, too, T-Bird, um, I also work, I volunteer for the adult education here locally, teaching chainsaw safety for women courses. And the first year we did it, we had one course, but we had a waiting list that would have been a second course. Then the next year I did two courses, and then we had enough people that wanted to do that. Then we had two more courses for people on a wait list. And this spring I did three classes. And I, it's women want to run chainsaws. So for the gals that are listening, the little 170 steel chainsaw is my favorite. And when people do ask me, What's your favorite chainsaw? My line is one that starts. Because you want to be able to, you you need to be strong enough to start the saw. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to use it. But no, I run, I run chainsaws every, every single day of my life, pretty much. Timbertina, could you get T-Bird to uh, safely use a chainsaw? Yes, I could, Rob. Okay. And you too. Do you run a chainsaw? I have not yet, but uh we actually <laughs> we live in we live in North Carolina and uh my wife on more than one occasion said, That tree, we gotta we gotta get rid of it. Well, I'm surprised she married a guy that couldn't run a chainsaw. Well, she married <laughs> me before we lived in North Carolina where uh we, there's a lot of trees around. Okay, so I challenge the two of you to get on a plane and come on up here and I'm going to teach how to run chainsaws and we're going to go out in the forest and cut. Yeah, well, I, I feel I, like that my wife I, would be, she might be on the first plane up there. I know, it's, you know what though, I, it's so much fun. And this is how I describe my class because I kind of got to stand up. Like women come into my class, they're like this. And then they leave like this. Yes. Okay. So that if you're so on the podcast that Tina is like yeah. uh like very like like hunched over and then uh very st- standing proudly. Yes. They just they have so much confidence. Um, it's it's unbelievable and and it's like cool because we have eight women in each class. So I have a couple hundred new girlfriends around here because of me teaching chainsaw safety for women. And um, the need is there, so it's pretty cool. I don't know if you knew that Gordon Ramsay was out here, and I taught him how to chainsaw last no. year. No, no. How did that happen? 
Oh, neat. Yeah, it was really fun. So he's got that new TV show called Uncharted on Nat Geo. And he goes around the world um, displaying culinary skills and trying different foods from the area. So he had one last year called The Main, as in the state, Ingredient. And he went lobster fishing, and uh, they went digging clams. And um, they wanted to cook down on the ocean. So they came to me for firewood. Like, out of everybody that's on the show, I have nothing to do with cooking. But somebody saw my website and must have called somebody and said, we got to get that girl on TV. (laughs) So he came out here. And, um, I mean, it was kind of during COVID, so it was weird. And the producers were like, you're the only one that can take your mask off. And you can't take your mask off until we start filming. Um, and you're kind of like, you're supposed to stand back. But he came right over to me, hugged me, kissed me. And he was so great to work with. But I taught him how to crosscut saw. And then I said, we're going to teach you how to chainsaw. So, of course, I gave him a little 170. And then I got my hot saw out. I was hiding it behind the logs. And he was making fun of me, making fun of him. And we had a great time together. I mean, I taught him how to crosscut saw, chainsaw, and axe throw. And then one of my guys taught him how to speed climb. And the only time he dropped the F-bomb was when he was on the speed climbing tree. (laughs) (laughs) Has that aired yet? Yes, it did last year. It's still, you can still get it on TV, though. I have to look it up. It's pretty funny. You got you to go to National Geographic's Uncharted Season 3. Uh, uh, it's called The Main Ingredient. The Main Ingredient, National Geographic. Yep. All right, so Tina, I don't want... And I don't want to put, make Rob feel any worse than he might already oh feel about the chainsaw <laughs> thing. But I, I did want to say that I ran a chainsaw yesterday. Oh, my so, God. Um, oh, yes. Rob. What were you doing, I'm T-Bird? A girl. Is, is this a well, video to promote this interview? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, see? Absolutely. I know T-Bird so well. Yeah. He does know me so well. So, Tina, let me ask you this because I know you're so strong. What is the strongest part? Your arms? Or your back? Oh. My back. My back, but I got I pretty good pipes. I mean, I uh, <laughs> I have a pretty good lifting ability. And it's so funny because it's like uh, people ask me, you know, like, well, when are you going to retire or something? I'm like going, why are you asking me that? I mean, do I seem like I'm out of energy? People are like, well, you're getting older. I'm like, yeah, but I feel I got I got nothing. I got no difference in feeling. I actually feel stronger and, of course, smarter than I did when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And um, they have a saying up here, Rick Smat, not had. Um, you know, <laughs> they drop the R's, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I have to lift a lot. And, I'm, I mean, I'm single and I work by myself a lot. So you just have to learn to maneuver things to the best of your ability to move to heavy things because nobody else is around. So as a result, I mean, I get a little bit slack in the winter, but come March, I'm out here slaying logs and I slay until the end of October, but it's fun. I love it. And it's mine. That's a cool thing. It's like, I'm the only woman in the world that owns a lumberjack show. And I've been promoting women in my sport my entire life. When I first started out, 
log rolling was the only event available to women. And you realize you, you're on the log rolling dock and there's a chopping and sawing dock. And that looked really fun to me. So I decided I wanted to learn how to chop and saw. And an Australian guy took me under his wing. In 1985, I went to uh, Melbourne, Australia to compete in the first international Jack and Jill sawing competition. And we won. Wow. Yes. Yes. And the world champion axman at that time was the guy that was our helper and uh, oiling the saw and stuff. And then uh, four years later, I was pregnant with Charlie and I was at the Lumberjack World Championships and nobody asked me to saw with them that year because I was preggers. Can you imagine? And so this older <laughs> guy came over and asked me if I'd saw with him. And I'm like, we got the old guy and the pregnant girl. Let's see what we can do. And we won. Okay, wow. So Tina, pretty cool. yeah, it's pretty cool. That's very cool. And Tina, I, I think I read that you y'all had won and that your partner actually had, had passed away. Yes, he he has. And um you know what? It's that guy was such a inspiration to me. And, you know, when, when I first promoted women's underhand chopping and crosscut sawing at the Lumberjack World Championships, I was turned down a couple years in a row and I finally got them to buy it. But I had to put up the prize money. So I went and begged my friends for money and I got local sponsors. And the first year I wrote because we didn't have email. We, I sent handwritten letters to all these women across the country in Canada. I'm like, you have to come this year. It's our first year and you have to come. And the very first year we had more women Sawyers than they had men Sawyers that year. And for three years, they had us chopping in the morning before the crowd. And then they finally put us in front of the crowd. And now women's chopping and sawing is everywhere. They just added it to the steel series. I went to Sydney, Australia to chop on the biggest wood chop in the world. And I was the first woman to chop there. Like when the guy went to announce my name, there's like seven men in front of me, like on stand one, Bob, on stand two, Graham, on stand eight, Tina. Oh my God, it's a woman. So <laughs> I, did, I did my little booty shake to the crowd. But it, was, it was a thrill for me. And the very next year, they added women's chopping and sawing at that show. Well, I, I had read that you had been approached about a reality show on being um, a lumberjill. Like five times. Five times. Well, what's, but then, like one, what's one the holdup? One of the producers said, they're just not doing women's shows right now. I'm like, I'm telling you what. If, when we're all doing road shows, so I have two businesses right now. One is the Great Main Lumberjack Show. It's stationary. People come to us. I have an arena. Um, we have seating for 300. You know, it's like, it's kind of like going to the movie, but we're outdoors and people come and we chop and saw and axe throw and speed climb. And it's a performance and it's scripted. And I go off script all the time. But the other show travels. We go to <laughs> county fairs, state fairs, festivals, sports shows, like home and garden shows in the winter. But it's a team of all female logging sports athletes called Chicks with Access. Yeah. So several producers have come. I mean, we had two people come here and do sizzle reels. They spent five days 
and it just wouldn't sell. And part of me is glad because I don't want them to see what we're really like. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What What do you really like? What do we really like? Well, so the girls have a little, bit, a little bit of fun on the road, but you know, Rob, what goes on the road stays on the road. Okay, I guess so. But it, and honestly, it, <laughs> we get into such hijinks, you can't imagine it. And like the amount of times that I have gone on the road and changed flat tires and had broken axles and tragic things happen. Like I'll have, I did a, um, a 12 day show in Oregon two years ago. I have to go to the log yard in Maine and get like 125 logs in two foot pieces, load them on a trailer and drive all the way to Oregon. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Tina, if if I may be so bold, I, I feel like what you need is and I, and I don't know if this is already part of your team, but if you had a person like a like a like a, a kid who had just had a phone and TikTok and was just uh, posting the videos of what's going on with the lumberjills and everything, this, this might be a phenomenon. No, actually, one of my lumberjack buds, Turbo Tom, Turbo Tom, yes. <laughs> he's on TikTok and he's got a couple million followers. Yeah. And I'm just like, seriously, I'm so busy all the time to stop and make a video. It'd be crazy. But he's like, Tina, Tina, after you get open, you need to start po posting on your TikTok. Yeah. And it, you know, he's making a little money off it, but he gets cut from there all the time, guys. Why? Because he's, because he's chopping. And they pull it because they think it's dangerous. Oh. He's a professional athlete. And some of the crap I see on TikTok that they let stay on there. Yeah. I mean, it's like the world is too crazy. It's, it's too crazy. Our sport is so cool. And to think that those people are pulling videos of him doing the underhand chop because they think it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. He's got to appeal all the time. It's Turbo but Tom you're messing with. Turbo Tom and Timber Tina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Tamartina, I, yes. I want to take you, I'd like to take you back into Survivor, because I've got a, some questions I really, really want to ask you. Yes, um, yes. I know, of course, I know you obviously watched Survivor Guatemala. Phenomenal cast, just like Survivor Panama. How do you think you would have done, or who do you think you would have bonded with had you have been on Guatemala? I, I, I don't know. It was really hard, hard for me to watch that season. I, I, it's right. like, uh, that was Understand. a blur in my mind, T-Bird, to be honest with you. And it's like, I wish I was so ready to go to Guatemala. I was so ready. And, um, you know, the format would have obviously served me better. Right. But, um, you know, it was just, it was a really difficult time in my life. Obviously. I don't know who I would have bonded with it. Cause I can't even remember that summer to be honest with you. Tina, have you kept up with watching survivor over the years uh, since the time that you played? Yes, I have. And I really, um, you know, I hang out with some of the Northeast crew, Bob Crowley and Bob and Peg. Well, you're, you're in Maine. Yeah, of you course. Have I go to. down there as often as I can. They actually just had a Durham Warriors reunion, but I was sick. I mean, oh. you can still hear my voice a little bit, but I also had, I performed at the Maine Moose Permit Lottery Draw that <laughs> okay. weekend. And I did a speech at a local elementary school where I teach every all the kids how to cross cut saw an axe throw. I mean, I like the kids. Throw. Kind, yes. Yeah. How, how young are these kids that are throwing axes? Well, I let the kindergartners throw them with me. <laughs> I mean, this, here's I, and, and so I also teach. Don't put that on TikTok. Throwing. I have this thing at my show. It's called the Lumberjack Experience. So during the day. I let private families come out here um, and I spend one full hour with them. We cross cut saw, take a few, few pictures of them pulling the cross cut saw. Then I teach them how to act so for 25 minutes. And then I teach them to log roll for 25 minutes. And it's one of the most fun things people tell me all the time. That's the most fun thing I've ever done on vacation. And it's thrilling for the children to come out with their parents and have this experience in the main woods. And that business is booming too. Uh, my daytime job. Mm-hmm. Of, as I say, if they're not very good at throwing axes, I say, I retrieve axes all day. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah. So I hang out with and Jimmy T. Oh we yeah. All, we all went to Africa together. Yeah. Could, how did that happen? Well, Bill Weibel, yes, uh, Bill and Susan, who a lot of Survivor people know, um, they have uh, a school over there, a Christian school that they fund, and um, it serves a, a community that really is in need of this education. And it, 
he decided to raise money for his school. He was going to get a gathering. He had a dream of having American survivors play against South African survivors. And I got to be friends with Bill and Susan and Peg and Bob. And so they asked me first and I said, yes. And I had a, you have to raise $3,500 and I had a benefit lumberjack show and Jimmy T came and Peg and Bob came and Denise Martin came up and um, in one day I raised $3,500. Wow. I mean, there's a guy, a local guy on the CBS news here in Bangor who's a survivor, not, and um, he got me on TV and he played with Durham Warriors also. So it just grew really big. And, um, then we all got on planes. Wendell was there. Desi was there. Yeah, Jimmy Bryce, King. right? Yes, it was great. And Ramona, mm-hmm. he's the shizzle. Um, mm-hmm. It was so much fun. And ironically, one of the, you know, you're still friends with those people on Facebook. You don't see them all the time or ever, but you see, you know, what they're doing and you'll always be friends. However, um, one of the girls, that was over there. Her name is Marsha Wessels. Um, and she recently was invited to go back, but she can't because she has been invited to Honolulu to participate in the Iron Man as a legend. Oh, wow. So wow. as we're sitting, as we're sitting there playing survivor, I noticed an Iron Man tattoo and I asked her if she'd done an Iron Man. She said, yes, I've done one. And then after we were all done, she said to me, I lied to you. I've done 16 of them. Okay. So she's playing Survivor in October, and I'm going down with her. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've been we've been friends ever since, and you know, just stayed in touch. So that's a really cool relationship I have with her, and um, she's an incredible athlete. That's cool to have her. Tina, when you were on the show, I, I know that you got to spend time with the people that were also voted out before they got to the jury. Uh, I know that uh, everybody goes on a trip. Uh, do, do you have people that you are still in touch with from the Survivor Panama pre-jury? And do you have any stories about uh, that time? My mouth is sealed. Hasn't the statute of limitations passed? What'd you say? 17 years, T-Bird? God, I'll tell well, you what. I want to say, the, the stories are out there because I heard that uh, Bob Dog and Nick and Tim Bertina were out every night at the disco. Tina? That's the truth! We were out all night every night! <laughs> 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 I mean, seriously, I spent most of my time with those two. Yeah. And our guards. Mm-hmm. And I mean, come on. It's like you're sitting there all day at an all inclusive or something. You get up, have a little bite to eat, go down to the beach, have a beer, mm-hmm. go take a nap, get ready. And about 10 o'clock, we'd all meet back at the uh, pool bar and head downtown. Okay. We, if- we- Yes, all all night. If I may, let me just give the crew that you were with for people that don't that don't remember. Okay, all right. So here's the uh, okay. Of course, Tina. Then your tribe mate, Melinda. Yeah. You got to know probably pretty well then. Yes. Okay. Uh, Misty. Yes. Is there? Um, we have uh, Ruth Marie. So really, the whole rest of your tribe uh, is there with you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Bob Dog, of course, a legend. 
I love Bob Dodd. Yes. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, Dan Barry is there. Did you get to hear a lot of stories about space? Dan the astronaut. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it and was Nick. like almost like two groups after we got voted off. Mm-hmm. And I might say the partiers and the non-partiers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just can't pass up dancing. But no, of course we spent time together. And as you know, like we got scuba certified. We went whitewater rappelling, whitewater rafting, deep sea fishing. And um, no, so I hardly talked. I've seen Bob Dog out in L.A. a couple times since then. But I, I haven't seen anybody else. And Melinda was in a wedding of one of my lumberjack friends, too. It's like, she, because they have, there's a lumberjack show down in Pigeon Forge where she lives. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen her, but we, we're in contact on Facebook now and again. You know, everybody's, everybody's so busy. Mm-hmm. And I just feel grateful to have the New England people that I can hang out with from time to time. And um, a couple of the Durham Warrior people who work behind the scenes, John... And Steve Pickett and Kathy Dubar have become really good friends of mine as well. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I know I haven't, I haven't seen some of those guys. Tina, I have to mention this before we get too far away from it, because you had mentioned going over to Joburg um, for the games with um, Bill Weibel's group. Yes. You're not going to believe this. So you, like you said, Rob, I don't know if you know or if you're familiar with uh, Bill and Susan Weibel, but they have done some yes, phenomenal things. Okay, so listen to this, Tina. This is so cool. I've never met him. Never met him. And I've only, and since Africa, season three Africa, I've actually, last fall, went to Joburg on a, I fl- I've worked for Delta. I worked a flight over there. And so I was over there for a few days. You're not going to believe this. The only time I've been to Africa since season three Africa, the flight back, Bill Weibel, sitting on my flight, First up in business class, and I served him all the way home. Is that cool or what? Seriously. What are the chances? Uh, What are the chances? Oh, that's so cool. I really like those guys. They came up and stayed with me last year. They stopped and saw Bob and Peg, and I went down and picked them up, and then they came up here. They're really amazing human beings, and what they're doing for those children at that school over there. Yes. I mean, I think that everybody who was there is sponsoring a child you know, all these years later, still sponsoring children in their school. And um, it's pretty cool. They're, they're really, actually they did, they texted me right before, right before we started talking and they're jumping on a train going somewhere right now. They're interesting people. Uh, I really like yes, them. Yes, they are. Tina, let me know. ask you, going back, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say about talking about Survivor, you know, us being, all of us being old school I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the new, uh, the new survivor from the 20, 39 days to the 26 days and all the different twists and idols and everything thrown in that we didn't see back in the day? I don't know. I like old school better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm entertained by survivor no matter what happens. You know, I have to tune in. I have to tune in every week, no matter what. And, um, Sometimes I'll skip Wednesday night and watch it Thursday morning if I have something going, but I, it's not, there's too many twists for me. Like I'm old. Nobody's even eating bad stuff anymore. What's wrong with eating spiders, you know, cooked spiders and rotten meat. What's going on? They should bring that back. Right. Yes, for sure. (laughs) 
and I think that there's a lot of, you know, a lot of talk about the fact that they're all only filming in one place now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I liked it before. That's, I mean, I'm not a producer, so I don't know, but I liked it before when we were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't get into um, your application and how you ultimately got on the show. Look at me, Rob. Yeah. Well, what prompted you to send in the application at that particular? I'm sure they saw your your application and said, "Okay, instantly you're on the show." But what prompted you to, at that point in time, say that this is what I want to do? Because we were in Kansas City, Missouri, working the Kansas City Sports Show, me and the Lumberjaws, and it was a ten day show, and we were watching Survivor. We actually watched Survivor on the road together, and my girl, my Lumberjaws, said, "Tina, you got to send in a tape." Like, no, I'm not sending in a tape. They're like, Dina, let's make a tape and let's just see what happens. So I'm like, okay, all right. I, I think I'd be good at this game. And so I literally, literally had the camera in front of my chainsaw. And I my chainsaw safety equipment on. And I took the chainsaw and I, I did an upcut because upcuts spit the chips farther. And I spit wood chips right into the camera and then I turned the uh, chainsaw off and I'm like, I'm Timbertina. When you pick me for Survivor, I'm going to cut through the competition. And then I added in chopping. And so, you know, I take my big, you know, six pound razor blade and chop right between my feet. And I said, if I can't cut through them, I'm going to chop through them and get the wood to keep the home fires burning. And then I log rolled from one end of my pond to the other and, you know, being filmed pitter pattering across this log. And I jumped off onto the stage and I said, if I can't cut through them and chop through them, I'm going to roll over them. I'm Timbertina. When you pick me for survivor, you will be disappointed. And I literally had to edit the tape and I had to send it overnight because I was, I would have missed the deadline. And Mm -hmm. I figured you got to get it in. And so um, I sent the tape and they called me that night wow. and said, what took you so long to send in a tape? <laughs> and I'm like, here we go. I'm like sitting there going, what, um, which of my friends did I tell I was sending in a tape? But it was really them. It was Sarah from Survivor. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. You know, I met Turbo Tom. Turbo, Turbo Tom was proud. Turbo Tom was proud. (laughs) And and she says, Turbo Tom is the same age as my son. They were in school together in Wisconsin. Tom's also a cheese head. Mm -hmm. But he comes comes out here uh, to Chainsaw Carve out in front of my business because he does so well with his shirt off. Okay. And um, (laughs) it was during the summer of COVID, I sent a picture of him without his shirt on to one of my lumberjills who lives in Vermont. Yeah. And she said, she wrote back, my pants just melted off me. I'll be there this weekend. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> you got it a bit. <laughs> Tina, uh, that oh. does raise a question of, so you were from Wisconsin, but now yeah. you're set up in Maine. How did yep. you end up in Maine? Well, at that time of me deciding to leave my family business, my two older brothers were my bosses for 15 years. And when somebody got a management position, it went to one of the guys. 
But like I, I had my CDL. We had a big semi trailer. We used to drive around the country with speed climbing trees, and we'd hire people to come in and put them up in coliseums or dig holes and put them up in state fairs. It's so cool. You can't imagine how cool my life has been. Mm-hmm. But when I decided, I'm like, God, I'm not. If I don't get out of here now, I might never. So I came to Maine and bought the property because my mom took us in a pop-up camper trip up to Quebec and over to Boston or down to Acadia, down to Boston and then back to, back to Wisconsin. And I thought I want to go to that place called Maine where uh, my mom took us because of Acadia national park. I knew there was tourists here and Paul Bunyan is from here. Oh, he's the greatest lover. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I did, I, I bought the, um, I bought the property, and then when I went back to get a loan to build a business, they turned me down. Why? Uh, because because I hadn't been in business yet. Mm-hmm. And um, on the 20th anniversary of my business, I held a chamber after hours with Bar Harbor and Trenton and Bangor. And the guy came back and gave me my business plan that I submitted to the town. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. I didn't know you still had that. So he said, we wanted to give it back to you. And he walked off stage. I said, come back here, Fred. When I came in to town, did you think I was going to make it? And he said, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But you did. You did. I did. So it's been a. But you did. It, but you did. So it's been a labor of love. And I still have one of Charlie's tree forts back in the forest here. He used to come to the concession and grab candy with his friends and then run behind the bleachers. And go sit in a tree fort and watch the show in our first couple of years when he was a little boy. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh. Tina, so you, you mentioned about meeting Gordon Ramsay and teaching him how to run a chainsaw safely. What did I see about your time with David Foster? David did I get Fo- that wrong? Well, David Foster's a champion axeman in Tasmania. That David Foster. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Different oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he's one of the winningest okay. axemen of all time. Um, he lives in Tasmania. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, I was also on a, na- a National Geographic outdoor adventure reality show called Ultimate Survival Alaska. And the, a girlfriend of mine who runs the Iditarod, who I got to be friends with, she kept posting, people kept posting that she should apply for the show in Alaska. Finally, one day I'm like, I'm going to apply for that show. I don't care if I'm from Maine. It only takes five minutes to fill it out online. And then Jeff Probst called me after I was on Survivor. And he asked me to be on the Jeff Probst talk show. Oh. So, oh, very cool. Yes, I flew out to be on his show. So there was a guy, um, Jeff Edgers, who had a t- TV show for the Travel Channel called Edgers. The Edge. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Jeff Edgers? No, uh, no go on. So um, he had a TV show for the Travel Channel, and Jeff Probst was going to have him on the show with his new talk show. And then he said, we should get somebody that you had on your show on this show. And the guy said, well, Tim Bertina from Survivor was on. And so they called me, and I said, how about if I bring axe throwing? So I shrink-wrapped an axe throwing target, and I was jumping on a plane to go to L.A. And two days before I left, the phone rang with the 310 area code. Yeah. And I'm like, who from LA is calling? <laughs> and it was a guy from the National Geographic channel. And he's, I'm like, at first, I'm like, 
who are you? And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, they got my application. They're calling me like, holy crap. And so then I start doing the schmooze. And I'm like, where are you calling from? And he said, LA. So I, of course, I'm like, oh, well, I'm flying out to do the Jeff Probe show in two days. So I got, I landed, <laughs> dropped my axe and target off at Jeff Probe studio, jumped in a cab, ran over to Nat Geo, filmed a little a reel, and went back and did the Jeff Probe show and then flew home. And they picked me for that show too. Yeah. Wow. Yes, Are you sure yes, you're not yes. Tinseltown Tina now? <laughs> yep. Nope. I'm happiest out in the forest. But that was really cool. And, you know, you bring an axe throwing target to LA and your axes. And, um, you know, I had to get in a cab with this. I mean, the trunk of wood is like two, two and a half foot in diameter and about eight inches thick. Yeah. And I literally screwed handles on it, like kitchen drawer pulls to carry it around. And they put the target up. And of course, I taught them how to throw. And Jeff missed, and Jeff missed, and I hit a bullseye. Sweet. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Yeah, all right. So, Tina, so many things are coming to mind right now. But the first thing is, you mentioned, of course, the Ultimate Survivor Alaska. By the way, everybody, she was the only woman on a 12-person cast. Sweet. All right. Now, the next thing, I just had to point that out. I had to point that out. Now, the next thing is Jeff Probst. So you've seen him on the island, in a studio. So this is the new question, Rob, that we have to ask everybody. One word to describe Jeff Probst. Go. I can't say it. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you have to. Yeah, Rob, Rob, go ahead, Timbertina. Don't get quiet now. One word no, he's not to describe. Yet. I'm going to say short. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not happening right now, Rob. Is it really? Rob. Well, our last guest, our, our, our last guest, that she said, she said small. So, uh, oh, well, that's worse than what I, I think that's worse. Yeah. I think, I think we're trending up. That's, uh, but, <laughs> well, since we're not going to ever date, it's okay for me to say that. Cause I like tall men. Mm -hmm. But yeah, certainly he's a great guy. And I, I just. And his axe throw came up short, too, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> but, you know, um, if I can talk about Charlie for a second, you know, of course, he wanted he wanted his big thing wasn't that I got on Survivor, but that he could um, impress his young girlfriend at the time to take her to the Dave Letterman studio. Like mm -hmm. go to the finale. Oh. Like, oh, that that was the one promise that I had to make to him. I'm like, Charlie, of course, you're the only two people that I really care to take there with me. But that was his big thing. And um when I was on the finale, you guys, it was Mother's Day. Yes. It was tragic. Yes. It was it was so hard leading up to that. And it was so hard that my sister, you know, I, my sister is my best friend. And um, she was so worried about me that she called CBS Studios, unbeknownst to me. And because, of course, she had to fill out all paperwork and she had those phone numbers, too. 
And she, she said, I need to talk to somebody. And, um, I'd say about three days later, my phone rang in the evening. It was Jeff himself talking about how it was going to go. You know, I said, I'm, I'm going, but it's not going to be easy. And, um, they, they sent flowers to my hotel and, um, you know, you go in the back room and you take the elevator up. I mean, I get ended up in that elevator with Aris, who I barely knew, you know, I didn't know him at all, but here's the leader and the not leader riding up there and again <laughs> up there. And it was like, you know, nobody else can feel what you're feeling at that time. You know, it's like, I know I'm about to go on TV in front of millions of people and talk about my son who I lost. And it was as bad as I imagined it to be. Um, but of course they, you know, they're talking first about, um, God, I'm totally having a brain fart right now. And his son, his son, Boston. Yeah. Shane. Yes. Shane. And, um, you know, they said, Oh, you're always talking about your son and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Then they went to a commercial break. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow. All right. You know, like yeah, he's talking about a 16 year old son all the time. I, you know, here's me over here. And I just was starting to just feel the wave coming. And then they come back from break and they said, well, as you know, it's mother's day. And then I could just feel all these hands behind me, touching me or not behind me and side of me, whatever. Right. Cause I think I was up in the corner, but I felt all these hands laid on me and everyone was looking at me. And, um, it was like, I just feel like, Oh, this cannot be my life. Like I was supposed to be here and I was supposed to win and I was supposed to have my son and nothing is the way that it's supposed to be now. And one of my sisters yelled out, Tina, we love you. And that, you know, just having my family there was obviously a big support, but uh, you guys wouldn't know this, but the lady who was in the other car, yeah. Um, She's a Survivor fan. Yeah. And she didn't watch it that night. And she ran into somebody the next day on the street. And they said, did you watch Survivor? And she's like, no. And she said, you know, you got to, you got to get, you got to watch that. The, the mother of the boy was on the show and that just flipped her out. So the night of the second, the second show of the season, I was um, home with a friend watching and i said i need you to read some of these emails because people were writing me that after that after they found out i lost charlie telling me sharing stories about people they lost and how proud they were that i was on the show and then i said i read one email and then i went to the next one and it was like tina you don't know me but i'm the i was the woman in the other car and i'd love to talk to you anytime and i completely flipped out and i called my sister and it was like 1130 at night. She said, hang up the phone and call her. I'm like, it's just too late. And she said, hang up the phone and call her. So I did. And I'll tell you, we talked for about, a, I don't know, it seemed like 45 minutes or more. And I don't think I said 20 words. She soothed me. She was telling me stuff about the accident that I did not know. And um, it was, it was really comforting me to, I'll tell you what I mean. If you're going to have something like this happen, you want that woman on the other side. And we're still friends. And she's been to my lumberjack show out here. I met her personally six years to the hour. 
of when the accident happened because I happened to be in her town and um, she came to pick me up. There I was sitting outside the hotel and the car pulls up and you get in and it's, um, it's the last person to see her son alive. She saw him. She saw him and she saw his hair. She remembers his curly hair. And I'll tell you what, that is such a gut punch you can't imagine. But again, she was very, very soothing to me and um, has become a dear friend to me, which most people would imagine that couldn't happen, but it has happened for us. And I'm so grateful to Christine for being my friend. Yeah, such an incredible um, story, and um, just to, to to hear that from. And I, I had watched the, that finale clip uh, earlier today, and you know, uh, was reminded of that, and just you know, um, feeling the the emotions of of that, and um, to think that uh, you know, you're such a unique person that I, I I don't think that many people in that situation would have, you know, uh, been interested in having a relationship with that person. Right. And I actually, it was his fault, Rob. The accident was his fault. And so I had uh, uh, been attending a church in Wisconsin at that time. And thank God, I mean, like, thank God, literally. Because when that happened to me, if I hadn't had those people in my life and my pastor, that would have been, really difficult to go through that without that. And um, ironically, I had had an uncle die like a month and a half before Charlie. And we went to his funeral and we were out at the cemetery. And I said, I don't want to be buried here. Like I, I want to be, you know, cremated and spread around the world. And Charlie looked at me and said, I want to be buried here. So now he is, and I have my name on a headstone because I'm going to be buried with him right in that very same spot. And I even told the mortician, open up the box, put me in, arms over it, so he can't ever escape from me again. <laughs> and the guy was looking at me like, wow, you're crazy. I said, no, I just want to be with them. But, you know, there was a time in my life, I was actually at Mount McKinley, Denali, in Alaska. And I had gone on, I was staying with a girlfriend, helping her train. I did 27 Iditarod dogs for the uh, dog racing. Uh, dog mushing race and I met this dude from Fairbanks and I got on Craigslist and got a ride up to Fairbanks to go on a date with them and on the way on the way we stopped at Mount McKinley because it was just beautiful and I had my son's little dog baby with me and I looked up at Charlie and I said Charlie I'm gonna start living for two it was five years for me and I just said, look at us. Look at, we're right here. I got baby with me in Alaska. Most people don't get to Alaska, but this dog's been here twice. And um, life is good. And I'm going to be okay. And I, I really am enjoying life. And I have a lot of kids that work for me who are, I call them my lumber kids. So I'm a, I'm a mom to a lot of young athletes that work for me and with me. So that's pretty cool. Tina, you've got such a beautiful spirit, and uh, thank you so much for sharing the story about Charlie and, of course, about meeting Christine, because I had read about that, and I didn't know, you know, if y'all had stayed in touch, but I know that, you know, God puts people in front of you that he needs you to have, and obviously, I'm sure she needs you, too, so thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm at... 
you know what? When I first went through this, I was, I felt like I was an alien on earth. And the only people I could really relate to, like that could understand how I was feeling and how ridiculous life felt. And that was other parents who had lost children. It was like, I needed to touch them and I needed to find out how do I do this? What is going to keep me going? Cause I don't want to keep going. And now I'm the mentor. You know, you go from being this person who's completely lost. And now when I hear about somebody's losing a child, I reach out right away because they need to know that you can live through it. Um, but it's a struggle to, you know, you, you, you never want to say to someone, you're going to be fine one day because I'll tell you what, I slap people that would say that to me. It's like, you have no idea how horrible I feel, how painful my life is right now. But now I've become a mentor to other people. And that's why I talk about one of the reasons I talk about Charlie, because obviously I want to keep his memory alive. But I also want other, I want to reach out to other people to let them know things are okay. Whenever I talk at high schools and stuff, I talk about the car accident and how to drive to young people. And I look at them and I capture their eyes. And I'm just like, don't, don't do something silly in a car because one day your parents could be me. And please save them that feeling because, um, you know, that's the only, that's the only thing I can do is help somebody else know. You're, you're such an inspiration, uh, Tina. Rob, and, and, and Rob, I say this when I read the opening for Tina, and it was immediate. As soon as I talked to her, usually I told Tina this. I usually don't like to talk to the guests. and A lot of guests I've never met that we have on the show. I never want to talk to them ahead of time. I'll just text them back and forth. But um, I told Rob that I wanted to talk to you to see if you were okay talking about Charlie. And even like I said in my opening, you mm-hmm. you the minute you talk to you, it's like I, I had known you forever. You're just that open and so wonderful. And then you said, yes, I want to talk about Charlie because it it he's here. Yeah, and that people- makes him, you know. People say to me, oh, we didn't want to bring it up. I'm like, you don't think I'm thinking about it? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I met this guy the other day. I was teaching, you know, teach axe, axe throwing up in northern Maine. And this guy walks up and he's got a prosthetic leg. And the other one had some kind of brace on it. And like, I, I was actually with a couple of my lumber kids. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to go ask that guy what happened. And they kind of were like, oh, we want to know, but you know, you're unsure. I looked at him and I said, you don't think he thinks about it? So mm-hmm. I walked over. I'm like, dude, can I ask, do you mind if I ask what happened? Well, then you you end up becoming friends with this guy. He, he crashed out of a parachute, fell 75 feet, broke both his legs, had you know, had one amputated to knee. His name is Peg Leg Pat. Peg leg Pat. So then Peg leg um, Pat and I are Facebook friends and he lives up in northern Maine or uh, north of us. And I'm going to I said, dude, you got to come down and try log rolling because you'll probably be the first person ever to log roll. And he said, I'll come down and try it this summer, Tina. So Peg leg Pat and Timber Tina. <laughs> wow. It's pretty, Tina, yeah. Tina, that. That is such a good point that you're bringing up right now. And it applies to so many things. When people have things, whatever is going on with them, whether it's 
mental or physical or something that they feel insecure about. And people think, just like you said, just ignore it, pretend like it's not there. But, you know, the way you open up with people and do that, and I think and, and it makes them feel comfortable. So, I mean, this is a great thing for people to hear. I agree, T-Bird. It's like, if you, you, know, you think that guy's not thinking about it, you think I'm not thinking about Charlie. It's like, when, when I have, um, I have guests come to the show and obviously it's been a while now. So I'm, you know, it's been 17 years for Charlie and I've been here 27 years. So these people are coming with their children and they, they, you know, come up and they say to me, we were here when, when Charlie was here. And I love that. I just love, he's, he's got a whole bunch of little friends out here that he knew. I mean, we were in school in Wisconsin. But he was here for the summer and he was at the Y and has a lot of those friends. And you know what? I realized um, it took me a while, but I realized I wasn't the only person that lost Charlie. You know, he had a lot of friends and my entire family, you know, they all grieve his loss. And we unfortunately had a 10 year old um, pass from cancer in our family last year. And I was at the funeral and somebody came up to my sister and said, do you know that lady? She seems to be taking it really badly. And, you know, my sister said, that's my sister. She lost a son. And it's the first funeral she's been to since his. And she was 10 years old, man. Like, that's tragic. It's really tragic. Um, You know, when somebody older passes, we, uh, we expect it, but not children. It's heartbreaking, you know. And, um, you know, everybody lost Charlie. So, I again, I connect with all those people, too. And that's really comforting to me also. Mm-hmm. You have to go on. Some don't, but you have yeah. to go on. You, one, I have a saying that I use all the time. And one of Charlie's friends sent me a, a condolence card with like $5 in it. You guys, it was so touching to me. And he said, I'm sorry. You're going through this, but keep going. Yeah, That can apply to anything in our life. I'm sorry you're going and, through and, this, but keep yeah. going. And you said that was one of Charlie's friends. So he was, what, 16 at the yeah, time? Like or friend that sent you that? Yeah, and he felt wow. like, give me a couple bucks. I thought that was, out of all the condolence cards, <laughs> that's the Beautiful. one that I remember the most. You know, it's like, I'm sorry you're going through this, but keep going. And those words are true. It's like, you know, we all suffer things in our life. I mean, obviously losing a child is right up there, but I can't change it. And if putting him in the ground was so horrible, and it was, why aren't I valuing my life? I was my mother's child and my siblings love me. My friends love me. So you got to, you just got to find this place. To keep going. And um, I have. I have. And the people and the people that you are touching and inspiring because of it. Because, Tina, it's like I said, you you come across like you have no worries in the world because that's what you give off. And, of course, we know that's not the case. Everybody has stuff that brings them down and it's heartbreaking. But, you know, thank you for lifting up so many other people. Yeah, I I love being alive. I love it. And we can I, tell. Yeah. I know where I'm going at the end. So I'm not going to hurry it. 
I'm going to mm-hmm. get there, but I'm not going to hurry it. You know, I, uh, I have countries left to see and tattoos to get. So it's, Hey, do you have tattoos? Do you have tattoos? Yes, I do. Well, t- so tell me. My tell first me tattoo is on my right foot. Um, uh, on the top of it. And it's a shamrock, a four leaf shamrock. And one of them is red because Charlie was born on St. Patrick's Day. You know, I had noticed, oh, sweet. Tina, I, I, when I watched the finale, that I, I noticed that you were wearing shamrock earrings on, at, at the finale. And I, and I said, you know, I bet there, there's some significance uh, to the shamrock. Yes, he was born on he was born on St. Patrick's Day. And the day he was born, my mom brought in a six-pack of Heineken to the hospital. And she goes, it's not green beer, but it's in a green bottle. Green bottle, yeah. And then I'm like, holy Charlie. I'm like, honey, when you're 18, we're going to go to Ireland and sell your, celebrate your birthday. And um, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I did go. I went on his 18th birthday. Yeah. My, and I'm like, I'm going... Because I said I was going. So then on the 10-year marking of losing him, I I was in Alaska working for my brother, and I got a tattoo with a, it was like I say, a four shamrock. One of them's red, so it looks like heart with the number 17 in it. Because I was born on the 17th, too. My second tattoo is on my other foot, and it's a little black Pomeranian. Because I gave Charlie... Is that what? Baby. It's baby. I was gonna say I bet baby was a black Pomeranian. He's like he was I gave him to Charlie like the, the Christmas before I lost him. So then I had this dog for 13 years, but it was I took him everywhere. He stayed at some of the finer hotels in the United States. I'd sneak him into my backpack. Um and then my other tattoo is a buffalo. That's on my right calf, because his Native American teacher named Charlie Little Bijaki. And Bijaki was a, a native chief who bef- was trying to work with white people and natives. And Charlie was the old, only little white boy in the Native American class there. And you want to know something really incredible? They drummed. Those kids drummed and sang as they lowered him into the earth. That was one of the most profound moments of my life when those children were singing in Ojibwa and drumming. Oh my gosh. And so, so I got a, and Bijaki is actually Buffalo. So I got a Buffalo tattoo with Bijaki on it. Then I was, went to Char, I went to Ireland for Charlie's 30th birthday. And this is my line, and I'm happy to say it. I was drunk and tattooed in Dublin by noon. On St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> so, you know, you turn the corner, it says tattoo. And my girlfriend's like, Tina. I'm like, they're never going to have time for tattoo. We walked in and the guy said, yes. So it's an axe with a three and a zero and a shamrock and a heart. Then oh. when I went to, uh, I went to um, Prague, Czech Republic is when nephew won the Steel Timber Sports Series and they were competing in Europe. And I went to Sheer, Germany, and there was a Sheer castle from the 1500s, mm-hmm. and there was a Sheer crest. So now I got a Sheer crest on me, too. Yeah. There you go. That's All right. So that's five. That's five. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Next, What's your next one going to be? 
How many? Yeah, well, it's going to be a logo of the Great Maine Lumberjack Show. Okay. Then the Chicks with Axes is next. Mm-hmm. And then a picture of each of you. Tina. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Timber Tina. What does Timber Tina do to relax? Because whenever I've talked to you or text you, you're mowing the grass, you're teaching kids how to throw axes. Uh, she seems pretty relaxed trees, to me, T-Bird. Yeah. She doesn't uh, seem she, too uptight or stressed. She's not. Yeah. No, not uptight, but how do you relax? How do you relax? It's called finding the bottom of a Chardonnay bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know what? <laughs> I think swinging I an axe around also helps relieve some stress. Yeah. When people were like, when they started having axe throwing bars, people were like, Tina, can you believe they're mixing axe throwing and drinking at bars? I'm like, yeah, we've been doing it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Upperjacks play hard and they work hard. Um, but I love to be on the water paddling. I have a Harley and I love riding my Harley. Even in the middle of summer when I barely can leave my property, I have to go to the bank and the post office. And if I jump on my Harley and I get to go into town for like 20 minutes, it feels like a mini vacation. But, you know, like this fall, a cousin and I are going to walk 50 miles on the Appalachian Trail here in Maine. Then I'm going to Hawaii to hang out with my friend Marsha. Then I'm going to Scotland with my girlfriend, Lori from Alaska. And um, I just, I love to travel in the off season. That's, yeah. you know, hanging out with my friends and my family too. I, I, I have a really incredible family and we get together every Christmas. We're over 70 now. Mm-hmm. And it's our thing that we <laughs> rent a big place and get together every year. And it's a, it's not everybody has that, No, but we do, you know, we, Every week we make cookies, we have piñatas, we have puzzles, we have the present opening, we go ice fishing, skating, skiing, we go cut a Christmas tree every year. It's a blast. Tina, so Tina do, you, do you draw names for the 70 people or do you get every single person a gift? No, we do the, um, we do the, uh, what is it called? White elephant. Yankee, Yankee yeah, swap. Yankee Dirty, swap yeah. Dirty Santa. Yeah. Dirty Santa. <laughs> I was going to, T-Bird, I thought you were going to say, do they have to draw names to see who gets to chop down the tree? Well, this year they let a girlfriend of one of our, my cousins. And, um, that was, I mean, it's really nice to be able to share that with the new people who are coming into the family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've got enough trees, Rob. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Tina, you might not want to answer this. Okay. So what kind I know your life is full, full, full. And I don't know if you're dating anybody right now. But are do you have a lot of guys that are intimidated by you with what you do and your Harley and your traveling and your independent? My mom said yes. <laughs> your what? Is she in the room? Is your mom there? No, actually, my mother passed away a year ago. Bless her. She was incredible. And on top of our lives, it's like there were six children within seven years. I'm the youngest. And my father left our family before I turned one. Wow. My mother Mm. was a rock star. I mean, we were poor and didn't know it. It was like she was incredible. She she gave me the wanderlust feeling that I have. Um, but she would say, Tina boys are afraid of you. But I dress like a girl all the time. I get pedicures, but I can swing a chainsaw more than most guys. <laughs> so it's tough. But 
you know, I need an outdoor rugged guy. I, I need a, but I'm not dating. And mm-hmm. my life is full and I'm never, ever lonely. Would I like a guy in my life? Absolutely. But I haven't found the right one. Although I do have an idea for a TV show. It's called Who Wants to Marry Timbertina? And it's like me and 12 guys, <laughs> anywhere age from 20 to 70. And like, instead of like, they have to learn or teach me that they can um, fish and hunt and build cabins and cook and things like this. And then I get to go kiss all of them out in the forest and I'll make out stuff like that. And then Good it's so like, far. They do, like they do on Bachelor. And then at the end of the night, instead of asking if they'll take my roles, I'm going to say, Will you accept this log to put on my fire? No, Tina, you're, you're so close. You're so close. So, so no, so here's what, here's what's going on. So you set up, you set up a post for each of the, each of the 12 guys. And okay. then you come out with the chainsaw and the guy that's going home. Oh, yeah. I like it. Timber. <laughs> that's the show. Hey, yeah. hey Rob and Tina. So, so we got we got twelve guys, and you want them to be rugged, and you want them to be. You said from younger to more mature. I got one of the ones. The first ones we're going to cast. We're going to cast Jonathan from season forty two Survivor. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the general T Bird. <laughs> I was so glad that he you lasted. See Turbo Tom. I was John, thinking about he, the general. Yeah. Now, he was pretty cute, and, I'm really, and I, he seems like a really cool guy, so the answer is yes. Okay. Um, so, Tina, I want to ask you about <laughs> uh, that. Uh, I saw you uh, at the last Survivor finale that they ever had at season 39 that I couldn't believe that Jeff Probst was taking questions from the audience, and then who should stand up? None other than Timbertina, and I still I would love to know because because I I have been to a lot of them. It's not like you are a fixture at the Survivor finale. What prompted you to be at the Survivor thirty nine finale? That's interesting because my friend Kathy Dubar, who is with um, Durham Warrior and yeah. the Survival Challenge, she's behind the scenes. She went to South Africa with us. And while we were trooping around over there, she said she's always wanted to go to a, f- a finale. And I said, why don't you go, Kathy? And she goes, because I have no one to go with. So I said, I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. And once I say it, that, that I mean it. So we got tickets and uh, we went out and we actually got seat fillers. We both, she told me about this thing called seat fillers, which I didn't know about before. Yeah. So we both applied. And we were staying out at Steve and Claudia Jackson's in Vegas, who are also big Survivor fans. And um, we flew into Vegas, spent the day with them. And then the first night we are at their house, she was sleeping in a bedroom and I was on the couch. And I checked my phone and I got I got tickets. I got yeah. a ticket. And you can't transfer them. Right. And I'm like, God dang it. It's like, Kathy's going to be so pissed because there's no way we're both going to get picked. Mm-hmm. And I can't give it to her. And so she comes out in the morning and we're sitting there talking. And I said, Kathy, I have something to tell you. And she says, I have something to tell you. And we both got them. Yeah. It was so great. So that was what, that's what made me go out there. Um, 
and Bill and Susan were there. Yes. And uh, it was really fun to come and hang out. And then, you know, we, we got, we got seats way up top, but Jillian Larson yes. gave Kathy her seat. She was closer, which was so sweet. Actually, Jillian was out here last year and she's coming out here. She just wrote and said she's coming to the show again this summer. But, um, it was so cool. But then all of a sudden Jeff took questions. I'm like, this girl in front of me was raising her hand and everything. I'm like, I'm going to raise my hand too and see. So I just went back and forth like this yeah. way up at the top. And he actually picked me. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And you said, my that- question was why, when are you going to pick me to go back on survivor? Yes. That was it. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes like, the girl's got to ask her what she wants. Yes. <laughs> what do you so, say? What do you say? Nothing. Nothing. He's like, oh, there's nothing. Gina. She's really great with accents. I'm like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> hey, Tina. <laughs> Tina, it sounds like he gave you a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> he cut me off. <laughs> 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 I could cut him down to size, mm-hmm. but he's already there. Yeah. <laughs> he's never oh. going to pick me now. No, it was really, you know, it's so fun. It's like, and how cool that we went there and um, it was the last one. Yeah. You know? And they said they're not going to do anymore. So that was it. You, you and I, Tina, we have that in common. Why would they not do it anymore? Uh, you know what they say? Oh, we like we like to do it there. Uh, honestly, I think they save a lot of money to not do uh, the live show. I, I I mean, I think it's like in the like millions of dollars of, of like money. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. Tina, mm-hmm. of the player, it is Tina. Of the players that have played, who do you think reminds you the most of you? And I'll tell you somebody that I think reminds me of you in a lot of ways, but who do you think? And Rob, oh you tell my me gosh. too you think for Tina. I don't pick those kind of things. I don't know. I don't know if there has well, been anybody uh, else like uh, Timber no, Tina. There, no, there's nobody like Timber Tina, that's for sure. But this is who I thought of when I was reading all about her and how remarkable she is. Um, Gretchen, Cordy, from Borneo, because but, Gretchen was just only because Gretchen was just so survival and yeah, but she doesn't have this personality. I mean, that, oh no, 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 she yeah. no, she she doesn't have the personality. But when I first started reading about it, I thought of Gretchen immediately because everybody had odds. I think for Gretchen to go mm-hmm. really, really far in the game, just like they did for Tina, and then look what happened. So it just reminded me of Gretchen for some reason when I you know, started seeing how strong Tina was with mm-hmm. all of her survival skills. And then of course her social game, I think is, is fantastic as well. Cause look, I mean, you've got a huge, big personality. Right. Can I give you my, my comparison, my, my parallel that I, I feel like that this person uh, is a big character, certainly knows uh, their way around the outdoors, a little rough around the edges, but I, I feel like that you were like Rupert. I was just going to write Rupert on here. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. I was just going to say Rupert. Yeah. And you know what? They came, we were doing a show in Indianapolis, and they came to the show. Mm-hmm. They, they came to see my Lumberjack show, 
and we got him to throw axe in the show. Mm-hmm. All three of them came, so that was really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I was just gonna write Rupert and hold it up. Just this big, like larger than life personality uh, that I, you know, uh, like loves loves the outdoors. That I, that's why I, you know, I, I felt it was such a missed opportunity to never have used you again because it was such extenuating circumstances of how you went out. Yes. Well, call somebody. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- Tina, I I have gone back and watched all of the seasons of the show, and uh, that I, I went back at one point, and when there was only thirty seasons, and I, I made a list of who's the best for who's the best first. But I, I ranked all of the first people out of the game, and, and of the the new player seasons. I have you as the best. I think that you were just, it was such yep. a, such a, um, a, you know, unfortunate thing that it was like a tribe of four people. The, you know, it was such a fluke thing, uh, that you ended up uh, going out in that spot. How much behind the scenes can we talk about? Uh oh. Um, let's give it a shot. What do you got? Okay. One thing that I thought was against me, <laughs> I figured it could have been a, a deal crusher. But there's like three people that would know that, and I'm pretty sure they would say no. But I don't see how they could not. Um, you know, Shane and Courtney were in my um, we were at CBS Studios yeah. getting cast. Yeah. My first time there, I was inside a boardroom. My second time there, I was in the lobby. You know, the young and restless actors walking in and out, and other and you know people and sure. Danny Courtney just walked in and kind of sat somewhere. I I noticed them, but I didn't know they were being cast for Survivor. Then I finally realized. I thought they they weren't at the hotel. We never saw them at the hotel. They're they're shoe ins. Like somebody knows them. Yeah. Now I'm always saying this is how I feel about it. Like when you go to the hotel and you stay, that's where the game starts. Mm-hmm. So when I got, when I decided to go back on, I said, you have to fly me to LA for five days so people can see me and they don't just think I'm put in there. Like we never saw her, but in my time in the lobby, I'm sitting there and I saw Mark Burnett walk in, in the lobby and I'm looking at him and he sees me and I'm going, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it in my mind. If I could have <laughs> privately said no, I would have. But he came over because he hadn't seen me since I lost Charlie. Yeah. And he started hugging me and talking to me. Like, I would have said, she knows Mark Burnett. We're getting rid of her. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, I would have. That's how I would have been. Yeah. I said, that person knows something and we got to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that the other women, that that was something that they saw and... They were all right there. Yeah. They were all right there. I don't know if you... I don't ever want to ask them that, you know, but it's just just like... I said to one of the psychs, I said, you got to tell Mark Burnett he owes me one. Mm -hmm. He owes me one. Yeah. Because you don't don't do that. Like, he should know that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was wrong. And you can tell him, Rob. That yeah, I well, that next time wrong. we talk, uh, that, uh, well, I've got a, a few things that I want to bring up to him that uh, <laughs> I'm not so crazy about that happened with him. Um, Hashtag bring back Timbertina. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I want to also ask you about, you know, we, we mentioned very briefly about Suri, uh, who uh, was the person who uh, I, I think all of us as viewers that first night thought, that, okay, that's going to be the person uh, to go home. And she goes on to have this legendary survivor career. Have you watched her play in other seasons? Yeah, I've watched every survivor. And and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I have to say what I think. But I just don't like players who sit out so much. Mm -hmm. She sits out too much for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they should be allowed to sit out that much Mm -hmm. because then you don't ever have to win anything. And I, you know, it's always a bummer for me when I see people carried through to the end because they know that they're not going to win. They're not going to vote for them to win. Mm -hmm. And I think that's classic three. You know, it's, I think that people have done that. And obviously she's a good player, yeah. But that's that's my thing. I like to, I want to play. And I, yeah. I said to some kids in my show the other day, you know, we have like ten events in our show, and some every once in a while somebody be like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do. That. I'm like, I want to do every event in the show, yeah. every show, every event. Because that's the way I roll. I like to play. Well, I, I think that's sort of the beauty of the show, where is that you have people who come in like you and say, like, hey, I think the game is this. And I, I think, like, and I'm only going to reward a person in the end who who looks at the game the way I, I look at it. And, and, you know, Sari probably looks at it as like, hey, the, the, these competitions are stupid. That's not the game. The game is, like, what happens before the vote. Correct. Yeah. I, see, I mean, I totally understand that. And obviously, I have no ill will. I tell this joke in my Lumberjack show. Often, not every night, but people often ask me, how was your time on Survivor? Because I do a question and answer. They'll say, how was your time on Survivor? And I kind of pause and I go, short. Yeah, that's your number one answer. Short. Yeah. And um, <laughs> then if they ask me another question, I'll say, it's kind of funny because it's like, after I got voted off, they put me on this island and uh, at Ponderosa and they asked me to go down to greet the boat. And I said, who is it? And they said, well, we don't, it doesn't matter who it is. We want everybody to go, go down and meet the new or greet the new boot. And I said, I'm not going unless you tell me who it is. So they finally told me it was Melinda. I said, pour two cocktails. <laughs> so I'm like, I go, as so I tell people, I go down to greet the boat and she gets off the boat. And she's like, you're not mad at us. Are you? We thought you were going to kill us. And then I say, and there's still time. <laughs> Which obviously I would never do. Yeah, but it's a funny story. People yeah. think it's funny. Yeah. We thought you were going to kill us. And there's still time. Mm-hmm. But no, it's like, you know, every time I watch Survivor, it astonishes me how people are shocked that they got blindsided. Like, I'm like shocked. Like, have you never seen this show? And here's the deal. One person's going to go first. One person's going to go second. You just want to make it as far as you can. Mm-hmm. But I love it when people are like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't know. I'm like, that's the point. You're not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's changed so much. It's crazy watching it. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a night of survivor. I love it. Well, Tina, just- when you go back, Yes. When you go back for second chances, because they're missing out not having you out. I'm out there. I'm telling you, at 61, be prime. Okay. Boom. When you go back, all right, you're, you, I've seen that you've said that your strategy going into the game was you were just going to be yourself. You can't change your inside compass. Now, you're going back now. 
Are you going out hard, fast, and furious? Are you going to be more like Sri and lay back and cool out? How are you going to do it knowing what you know now from your first time? I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to, I'm going to play the game a little more. It's like, for me, I'm a survivor, but I would be more social. I'd, yeah. I'd go that route. You know, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, you would learn from, uh, you know, things from the first time, but, uh, but I really feel like, I, and what is uh, so wonderful about you to me, Tina, is that I, I feel like you, you are who you are, uh, and you are, uh, and I really get the sense from talking to you that I feel like you can only be authentically Tina. And I think that those are some of the best people that we get to meet through Survivor, the people that, you know, can only be themselves when they come onto the island. That's true. I mean, but I have learned a few things, like even playing in South Africa, you know. Um, oh, how did you do? I, I think I was second off there. Oh, but second, second out. Lie. So it was, it was like, an improvement. Yeah, I, I, I went for Bill and Susan. Yeah. You no, know, I went for your I hosts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Jill. I mean, I love hanging out with Dr. Jill. She was over there too. Um, and then she, um, yeah, I, who I was in South Africa is not who I'll be on the next time. Mm-hmm. If there is a next time, but I just, I feel like I have learned recently watching the last, Two years, probably since coming back from South Africa, what I would have to do different for myself. I mean, I'm still going to build a shelter and try and find food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, you know, it's it's different. It'll it will we'll see we'll see. Get me back on, and then I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, all right. Yeah. How's that? Are you loyal? Are you a loyal Tina? Are you a loyal player? I'm stupidly loyal. Hmm. I'm very loyal. See, that's the thing. It's hard. I spend my entire life trying to make my staff and all the people around me get along. Yeah. And not be, you know, voting each other off. It's like I, you know, I'm the leader and I have to scold kids for, you know, certain things. It's like, that's not the way we do it around here. But, um, you know, because I got a team of like probably 10 or 12 kids that work for me. And we, we try to be cohesive and be fun and not the survivor route, you know, so that mm-hmm. would be a little, that's, that's different. And I understand that. And I, I grasp that. Yeah. And of course it's changed so much. You never know from one minute to the next with all the twists, what's going to happen. What's their favorite twist that they've had? And what's your favorite season oh. other than Panama? I like the one where they go walking up the mountain and they have to make the decision. Oh, Shipwheel Island. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that. And you would risk your vote. I think. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally risk my vote. But no, if I win, I wouldn't because everybody know I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no, it's just, I, I do like that one. That's pretty cool. You know, I don't know. I just, I do like it more old school. I want to see, I want to see rotten fish come back and guts and, mm-hmm. you know, blenders of icky food. And you could eat any disgusting food, Tina? I'd eat anything. Yeah. I'd eat anything. Yep. To win Drink cow's blood? Anything. Yeah. Have you eaten an insect? Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you, you have know, to do I, anything like that when you were on the uh uh survival Alaska? No. Yeah. No. No. We had we had 
um, dried beans and rice we were given so we could yeah. rehydrate. A we feast. were never, I, yeah. was, I was never hungry, but you know, we caught shrimp and we caught chipmunks and stuff like that. Chipmunks. Oh no. We got, yeah, you'll eat. Yeah. I eat. Roast chipmunk and roast squirrel is good. Mm-hmm. I shot a moose about 10 years ago. Yes. That was hard. I don't think I'm going to shoot another animal like that. I might shoot a white tail, but I would never shoot a moose again, but I'll eat them. You can okay. shoot it and I'll eat it. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I'll leave that to T bird. Yeah. We got to get Rob. We got to get Rob operating a chainsaw before we get him killing a moose. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yes. One I step, agree. Baby steps. Yeah. All right, well, I, I want to give out your website, uh, lumberjills.com, where you can uh, come on out and see everything that Timbertina has going on. Um, it, it, they call it uh, Logging Sports Entertainment. Uh, yep. So it's a, it's a whole show. Yes. And the, my main business is the Lumberjack show here, mainlumberjack.com. Maine is in the state. And um, yeah, we... We have just made this niche for, like, our hometown that we grew up in is famous for the Lumberjack Championships. But if you weren't there on the one weekend that it's held, you wouldn't see all the skills. I mean, there was a log rolling school there, but you wouldn't see chopping, sawing, or climbing. Mm-hmm. So in our late teens, my brothers decided we should do this show. And so we called all of our friends. And it was, like, looking back on the first show, it was like, oh, my God, it was horrendous. But... We had friends and family say you should pursue this. And so then we got we got permission to do it. We started doing it. And it wasn't it wasn't long after that that we bought a truck and trailer and hit the road with our act. Mm-hmm. And our mother was our booking agent. And it was like we were the little Von Trapp family of log rollers traveling around the country, chopping and sawing wood. And we literally had semi-trailers with all of our equipment on. We'd go to big coliseums and like back then, the you know the Minneapolis Sports Show, Indianapolis Sports Show, Kansas City, they would have bands at our site. Like, like they would dim the lights, and people would come out. They'd have wrestling bears and wrestling bears. And, oh my god, yeah, it was so cool. I mean, I can't tell you how many. How I, like <laughs> I say, I've been everywhere, man. I've been to Australia eleven times, New Zealand five times, been to South Africa two times, Europe a bunch of times. Alaska 25 times. We I, I managed the Lumberjack show at the Alaska State Fair, too. It's just, you know, it's been a great life for me to be involved in this sport. And I'm it's, it's obvious the reason I get picked for some of these shows is because of my sport, my 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 debonair looks and personality. But it's uh well, well of course it's, it's been so much fun. Yeah. I mean my, you know, I've got my crew, my lumberjells, my crew, my lumberjacks, and um, it's fun. Anything you know, else we, on social media that people should check out? Well, I know it, Turbo Tom's Facebook gonna get you on TikTok. Yes, I got it, and people should follow my friend Turbo Tom. And then I said to Tom this morning, he actually took off um, to a competition today. I'm like, are you gonna make a TikTok video with me and you, and you're gonna tell your friends to go over and like me, or do I have to earn my way? But I'm like, as his lumber mom. He's going to have to do mm-hmm. a video with me in it. But it's the, the Facebook page for my business is Timbertina's Great Main Lumberjack Show. And uh, that's where I do most of my stuff. I mean, honestly, you guys, I'm still stinking busy. Like, sometimes I lack my social media appeal. But 
you can teach an old girl new tricks. And um, I'm trying to get my life so it's more streamlined so I have more free time and then I'll do TikTok. Okay. TikTok with Tim Bettina. You've got to do. <laughs> All right. Tim Bertina, you have to do TikTok. I know Tim but some of the stuff I do, I don't want people to know about. Like some of the craziest yeah, crap yeah, I do out do. here. All right, well, don't put that on, but everything else. No, but I'm mean, like saying it's not. I'm not like talking about sexual stuff like that. I didn't anything. think you were about. Tina. I gotta I'm be honest. I, like, I didn't think that that's where you were going. Crap, yeah. Some of the stuff I lift around and push around out here, like good God. Actually, people will probably feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. I should do it, Tim. Tina, thank you for all the stories. The story about Gordon Ramsay, Jack Pine Rose, Peg Leg Pat, Turbo Tom. But you've got to take us out with a talent that a lot of people don't realize. I know Melinda does. Your singing voice, your Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Because we've got to, Hey, Rob, what is that called? What is that called when people sign you up, call you to do birthdays? And cameo? What is that called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameo. Are you on Cameo? Are you on Cameo? No. No, 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 no. This is going to start it. My this friend, is going to start it. Pete. My friends call me and I'll just do it for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, right. ready? <clears throat> Take Rob, us out with happy birthday. I'm going to sing to you like it's your birthday. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Mine's in October, but okay. Hang on. I got to fluff my, my blonde hair a little. Yes, yes. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Robbie. Happy birthday to you. Wow. <laughs> yes. Incredible. That was fantastic. Incredible. Oh, Put that God. in the trailer for the dating show. <laughs> Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but uh, Tim Bertina, you're you're such an inspiration. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to talk to you. I was looking forward to this, but you uh, gr- even exceeded uh, my expectations. So uh, this was uh, so fun. Please keep in touch. Thank you so much for having me. And T Bird, thank you so much too. It's like you know, obviously, you know, they call it our big crazy survivor family, and um, I'm really grateful. I just I'm grateful. To have had the experience, even though it didn't go my way. Obviously, when Mark Burnett asked me in the in the first meeting, "Why do you want to be on the show?" and I said, "To promote my little business in Maine, mm-hmm. and I love being out in the forest." Like, and so it's been helpful. And um, there's so many people that love Survivor, you know, that that come to the show, and I'm grateful. You know, it just it's opened so many other doors for me, and. Um, I love going to places where people want to talk to you because you were on Survivor. And it, yeah, I just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you guys calling me today, too. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tina. T Bird, a- anything else? No, Tina, I'm grateful to be in this big, huge, amazing Survivor family with you. You are a blessing. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And anytime you're on Maine, come to Letterjack Show. Yo! <laughs> we will. All right. Yo! Tina, thank thank you so much. <laughs> All right, have a great day, everybody. Okay. Toodles. Bye. All right, T Bird. There you have it, Timber Tina, and Timber Tina. T Bird, I, I just have to say, uh, and, and maybe you already know, but th- that was one of my favorite uh, one of these that we've ever done. I, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. She is 
such a special person for so many reasons. She's just such a bright light. She's yes. her, her spirit, her energy, everything she's gone through and how she deals with it, how she touches others. She has got such a gregarious personality. And Rob, I, I mean this. I, I seriously mean this. Survivor has missed out by not having her oh, play sure. again. It for doesn't sure. mean it doesn't mean that she won't play again, but I, I I didn't know that about second chances. And you know, sitting here, I was actually when you said that she was up for second chances and didn't get all the way far, I was thinking, gosh, I was in second chances and and she had been in second chances, I think she'd have been a way better choice than me. And, oh. I, and that, it well, I, they to, had more it than one spot. That, yeah. but, I, but I mean it. Yeah, but I mean I it. Yeah. She is, she is the whole package. Mm-hmm. She really is sure. the whole package. And so. Yeah. And what's really cool about getting to do these is uh, when you come across like a person like that, where you know we get to kind of know them a little bit better than what we saw on television for a couple hours. Uh, it re- it really is special, and so uh, I, I like uh, will not forget this one. Uh, this was you know so great. I had r- just wrote down uh, you know what what she had gotten in the card from uh, Charlie's friend of uh, I'm sorry you're going through this, but keep going. Uh, it's just you know uh, such an amazing thing to you know remember for you know whatever we have going on. Uh, certainly, you know, um, for for many of us, nothing like uh, what Tina was uh, dealing with. But you know, such a great thing to remember that you know if she can go on and you know have this you know uh, real love for life that she has and do all these amazing things with everything she's been through. You know, what What are any of us complaining about uh, with, you know, some of the things that we deal with? Uh, well, I know not you, T-Bert, uh, but certainly uh, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. No, Rob, and, and when I first started learning about Tina and, you know, I'm a mom, you're a dad. Mm-hmm. It, it, it hurt. It hurt every, everything I would read because you, you can't help but think about your own children. And how, how would you do How would. I get through this. How could I deal with this? And I don't know. I mean, yeah. I know you just have to get up and put one foot in front of the other, but Tina helps us see, no, you don't ever forget. It's always, Charlie's always there. He's always with her. And she has, it's what she does for his memory and how she helps other people. It's, she's a beautiful soul. She really is. And, mm-hmm. and gosh, Rob, just thinking about this, what we missed out with her and it's kind of crazy because it's it's like I think you even said it. It's like here we've got Timbertina and here we've got Sari, two phenomenal, phenomenal women, totally different. One of them takes over the survivor world because it just happened that mm-hmm. way. If it, if if it had flipped around and Sari had been voted out, and Tina had been the one that had come back four times, but you could certainly see it, that could have happened with her. You know, her fabulous personality, her work ethic, her social everything. Right. That's interesting. It's just so interesting. Yeah. No, that's uh, interesting, like uh, sliding doors. And, uh, you know, if Sari was the first boot, I don't think we'd ever uh, forget her. Uh, and, and, you know, and Tina could be, you know, a four time player uh, at this point in time. So uh, just, you know, um, 
incredible people that uh, have uh, come through the doors of Survivor. And so uh, another great job of uh, finding somebody for talking with T-Bird. All right, T-Bird, any summer plans? Gosh, well, you know, it's the summer. It's talking with T-Bird. Season talking three. With T-Bird so season. just trying yeah. to find these. Yes, just trying to find these guests that, that so people can get to know there's so much to them, especially like a Timbertina who we saw for only three short days, but there's short. Oh, did I use the word short? Yes, you did. Three, sh- I did. It just, it just popped out there. Uh, the survivor days, days are long. So. Yeah. <laughs> God, you know what, Rob? It's so. I, I say this a lot. You know how many of us have played now? Over four hundred, close to five hundred. And I say yeah. it about oh six six hundred. Yeah. Has there been? On the, oh, oh my gosh! And you know, casting picks hand picks these six hundred people, and again, I say all of them with such fascinating backgrounds and so much more to them, just them, their survivor experience, what they've done before and after, and Timbertina fits it in so many ways. Here she is, 61, going strong. And listen, age is just a number, I can tell you that. And Timbertina is a definite example of that, 100%. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Okay, T-Bird, what's coming up uh, on your on your end? Um, well, Father's Day is coming up this weekend, so I'm wondering what you've got going on with the boys. Maybe uh, head up to Maine and let Timbertina teach the boys a little axe throwing. Oh yeah, that would be perfect. I'm sure. Let me uh, see what Nicole thinks about that. But uh, in the in the meantime, um, looking forward to our next chat, T Bird. Me too. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back with more. Talking with T-Bird very soon here as Talking with T-Bird Season 3 rolls along. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. This episode was made possible by our friends over at Hyundai, makers of the 2022 Hyundai Tucson and Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EVs, where you can use electric when you want it or gas when you need it. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.